This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to the War Room today. I have the uh, a wonderful pleasure today of having someone that uh, came into my life just not that long ago and has such a passion and a great mission for life. And as I always like to say, I am horrible at introducing people and I never give people the right justice that they could have. So if you could just take a couple of 30 seconds and just tell people who you are and what your superpower is. Hey, well, thank <laughs> you, Jason, for having me on your show. My yes. name is Michelle Elizabeth Williams. I am a serial entrepreneur. Um, I am a mother. I'm a wife. I have a business called Nava Sportswear, which um, includes like a bed and wear, a bed and wear, uh, clothing wear, sportswear. I have a book entitled Nobody Ever Told Me. I have a business where I take in children and we groom the children. It's raising great men for society. We take in young men and we turn their lives around and then we let them go out into society and live. Um, basically, I am every woman, as they say, it's all in me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and i know you have your passions run really deep and yes. and and i think if if anything comes out of this conversation today um yes. people are going to see that for sure no doubt about <laughs> that but you know kicking the show off here i always like to ask you know did you come from a family of entrepreneurs yourself Kind of yes and kind of no. So basically, my father was in the service. He mm -hmm. served 20 years. Mm -hmm. So when he got out, it was like he was kind of thrown to, what is it now that you like to do? So I saw my father just do all these different jobs, all these different things that made me kind of feel like, well, if he can do that, I can do that. So my mother, more of an enabler, she took care of him while he took care of business. Yeah. Interesting. Did you um, have, did, were you a lemonade stand kid? Say that again. A lemonade you, stand? Uh, yeah. Did you have a lemonade stand? No, not at all. Basically uh, what I would do is I would just read a lot of books uh -huh. so I could learn. Now here's my thing. While some kids were selling lemonade, I was learning how to speak with proper diction. Mm. I was learning how to write my name for some odd reason, not knowing I was ever going to write a book. Some odd reason, I always wanted to know how to write in cursive like the doctors or like the teachers. And um, that's that was my mission because when I grew up, it wasn't in my home, you know, because my mother only had a fifth grade education level mm. and my father was the real intelligent one, but he was an alcoholic. 
So I, I didn't catch much in between both of them. So I had to learn these little desires on my own. So basically I was doing a lot of reading and I was doing a lot of writing. Yeah. No lemonade stand here. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been running a book stand. <laughs> exactly. 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 It's, it's, it's interesting though, when you talk about high performers and I, I can always seem to make this connection to a couple of places. Either if it wasn't somebody in their family was entrepreneurial, then it can be connected back into two other things with almost every show I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And that is there was a military tie <laughs> or a sports tie. One mm. of those. So one of those three things is like, it, there's just, at least with the, I don't know, 400 of these I've done. Um, mm -hmm. There's always been a tie to that. That could be who I attract. I don't know, but, but uh, it is, uh, it is interesting that that's the dynamic of what I typically see drive success in mm. entrepreneurs. And so, so let's, let's, let's go back. Let's, let's do a bit of a rewind okay. and go back into what did things look like for you growing up that you think that, you know, what were those drivers that drove you to today growing up and the successes failures, all those things, right. Um, yeah. that have led you here today. I mean, let's, let's, let's unpack that little story right there. Cause right. I, I bet you there's a ton of stuff to learn out of that for sure. Exactly. So what literally made me an overachiever, um, was mainly because in my life, when I grew up, my father was an alcoholic from, he was suffering from PTSD. Mm -hmm. So with him suffering with that, a lot of the abuse that I suffered, the beatings and all those sorts of things was out of what he wasn't dealing with himself because there was no therapy back then. So um, I would go outside and run the backyard. I would run the backyard about a hundred times a day, just run to get like all of that anger out that was inside of me. And so what I learned uh, from all of that was Sometimes when you don't have someone to talk to, you have to find the nearest thing that gives you some type of solace, some type of peace, something that helps you. And once again, that was me being an overachiever. Instead of going in the backyard running five or six times around our backyard track, I would run a hundred times because I'd push myself. Um, but growing up, yes, I started being sexually molested at four and five years old mm. by my father's alcoholic friends. Um, that went all the way up until I was about 14 years old. Uh, my last punch in the face by my father was at 14. I had no protection from my mother because she was literally being abused in the home. And she was, like I said, being an enabler and trying to take care of five and six kids. Uh, what I also did learn from her in that was while all that was going on, she was still taking in neighbors, uh, children taking in families, feeding them, even though they were betraying her, <laughs> hate to say it, but they were sleeping with my father while mm. she was at work. And um, I watched a lot of things that I should not have watched. So 
it changed the dynamics of my life to say, this is not what I wanted. So everything that I went for, there was no love in my house. I was never told, I love you. Christmas came. Um, I didn't get Christmas. It was almost like I was that Cinderella child. The mm. one who always had to do the dishes, do the cleaning. So in my life, the overachievement came from, I'm going to show you what love really is. So I was in search of love. And that's what I did. I'm going to show you that I can take care of my family. And that's what I did. I'm going to show you that I can break this, as they call generational curse on how to raise a family. And I raised my three daughters totally different from the way that I was brought up. Mm -hmm. And then entrepreneurial spirit came from, I'm out here by myself with my three children. Now, what am I going to do? How can I make life better for them? How can I change the dynamics for them? And that's what I did. So every little thing that I could find that I could put my hands to, I would work it to the bone until it literally dried out. So uh, because my children's biological father was in prison when they were growing up, I started a prison ministry to give things, get letters from the inmates to give to their children. And that's called My Kind of Dad. And mm -hmm. that thing is taken off. We give children uh, Christmas because I didn't get Christmas. I give a huge Christmas sure. because- these parents are not able to connect with the children. Um, children that are abused, I know how to handle them. Children that are rejected because I was rejected. All I mean, all the way up until the Lord literally restored uh, my parents and our relationship in my 20s. Um, now what I do is I take in foster children that have rejection issues. They don't have their parents. They just want to hear mom uh, they want to hear their mother's voice. I love you or dad, come on mm -hmm. over here, son. I want to teach you how to throw this ball. What we do is we give them that because we're building something inside of them that they have not got from their parents. So right. I'm an overachiever at that. Everything sure. that we do, just overachieving. So like so I said, I, everything I, I don't want this point to get lost because, um, because I call this, it's like the challenge mentality, right? Mm -hmm. And and I just, I don't want this point to get lost to the audience that's listening. And that is, you know, cause I am the same way. A lot of people tell me all the time, you mm -hmm. can't do that. That'll never work this, that, right. and the other. Right. And I always say challenge freaking accepted. Right. <laughs> right. Hallelujah. And, <laughs> and, and that's, that's what I like about the, to, to where we are at this point is right. for you in your life. It's just been this constant challenge, accepted, challenge, accepted, challenge, accepted, challenge, accepted. And that's, what's made you powerful in right. your mind and, mm -hmm. you know, your soul of how passionate and a good person that you are. Um, yeah. Cause you can do all the good things in the world, but if you're, if you ain't got it right up here or in here, right. right. It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's futile, but, but you're never going to get, you're never going to get the true result from it. Right. Right. And, and I, I just, I didn't want that to be lost on the audience about what you said mm -hmm. and just package that in a little different way. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Well, thank you. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so t- tell me a little bit more about, you know, my kind of dad. And I mean, how long has it been around? What kind of effects have you had with it? Because it's a fascinating nonprofit. Yeah. So my kind of dad, let me tell you where it started from. Uh, When I got married to my husband, he's such a great man, like a loving, kind man. And I always see how he just takes the children and just gives them all the things that I never had. So one day I looked at him and I said, God, if I ever had to do this again, if I ever had to have a dad, you'd be the kind of dad that I want. I said, you'd be my kind of dad. And it was like, bing, that's it. I named my business My Kind of Dad, inspired by him. So what I do is I get letters from inmates and we give them to the children along with these three foot tall teddy bear balloons that I make by hand. We custom make them to what the children would love We get it, and then we get the children together in a a certain place, or we go and drop it off at the homes. When we get there, the children read their letters from their parent. We also give them keepsake boxes. So later on in life, or maybe they're in a bed and they just are longing to be with their parent, they can roll over and they can open that letter up and they can just read it. Kind of like, like, you know, like when you're a boy or a girl and you get a letter from one of them when you're 13 and you're just holding up. I mean, those words are powerful, right? Mm-hmm. I thought about that, you know, because a lot of people keep those in boxes. You see them later on in life talk about my first boyfriend gave me this letter, you know, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and they, they climb up in the box, almost <laughs> falling off the chair. And I just want you to read it. And, you know, so I thought about that thing. And I said, you know, these children need something to hold on to. They go to school. Parents are at the the car waiting for the children to come get in. And these other children have no parents waiting for them. So what I said was, let's put it in a keepsake box. When a balloon deflates, they have something that they got from the parent. And it's had such a great effect because not only that, we give Christmas to these children and we don't only give them two or three presents. We give them like 30 or 40 presents. We fill their Christmas and we tell them that it's from their parent so we can continue to bridge the gap so a child doesn't feel like they're missing something and go out into the world and go do bad things to fill that void. So we try to fill that void for them. And I'm telling you, we give them pampers. We give them money. We just help these families to succeed because I have one lady that has five grandchildren. She was just about to start living her life, just about to turn into that golden year 60. (laughs) And both parents got put in prison. And now she is working a job. She's working a job, no food stamps, no uh, social service, no any of that stuff. And she's taking care of these five children and she's struggling, struggling. So I made her winter. I made a winter wonderland in my house. And I made it real bright. And I call it Mariah Carey. I don't want a lot for Christmas. You know, I did all that. Put about four or five trees up and the kids just ran through the home. It was just so beautiful. I couldn't do a lot this year because of circumstances, but I don't care. I'm a creator. So I created something really beautiful for them. So 
the impact is very, very, very good and it's big. It really helps and change the life of the children in a way that they think when yeah. they could have been thinking, God, mom and dad are both in prison, but now their minds were changed. And, it, you know, and that that parent, the grandparent now, whenever I get extra money, I just give it to her. We get clothes for the kids. We just give it to them because these people are out here and their whole lives are now just taken away from them because the parents are not there for the children. The children are crying. They want their parents. And mm -hmm. then now the grandparent is now ready to live their life and, you know, flip up their heels on the beach somewhere are yeah. now working two jobs to take care of the children. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is, I mean, like you can't ever, you can't ever take for granted what even one smile will do because, you know, I mean, I spent a lot of years deployed in the military with kids and so on and so forth too. And so I'm very familiar with the letters in the box thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, the thing about it is, if you can change a child's perception for just one day yeah. or just a few hours, right. I don't think a lot of times we understand the impact that actually has. It's a pretty big impact for sure. And, you know, uh, there again, awesome what you guys are doing. I, I really applaud you for doing it. And it's pretty amazing. There was a ton of, you know, you look back on this conversation and think about, well, what are the learning points, right? And there's a ton mm -hmm. of them. And just for those hard heads that just maybe didn't catch it, right? If, yeah, yeah. If you want, if, you know, we always have a couple in the audience that are the hard heads and didn't right. catch, catch the lessons, right? So mm -hmm. if, there, if there was a couple mainstay lessons that you'd want to share, be it with business or be it with something with children what what would you because either would be fine you know what let's let's go the opposite direction today and yeah. sit and and go the direction of what is some mainstay pieces of advice you would give to parents out there that have challenging lives with their children hmm. so first let me piggyback off of what you said about a smile you never know what that can do for a child mm -hmm. There was a lady named Nina Mapes in my town. And my mom had shaved all my hair off when I was nine years old, sent me to school. And I'm talking about bald as my hand. Wow. And yeah, it was horrible. Because I'm telling when I said I suffered a lot of abuse, it was a lot. Shaved all my hair off. I was nine. Little girl, bald headed, going to school. And um, I just didn't feel good about myself because now they were teasing me, calling me the bald headed cook. And now everything about my little young life has now just flipped upside down. First, I will tell you, parents, please don't shave a little girl's hair off and yeah. send her to school because he, the humiliation from that sent me into the, a world of rejection that I had to suffer with, like, basically all my life. So don't do things that's going to humiliate the child so bad that it's going to tarnish them. But to piggyback off of what you said, Nina Mapes used to say to me, Oh my God. And I was little. Every time I saw her, she said, I love your dimples, your dimples. And she named me dimples. Mm. So I would find myself 
walking up to where she worked at the bank, literally just to hear her say, dimples. I could cry just saying this. I mean, because my my life story was just so horrific, but little things like that set my life like I, I can, I'm I'm gonna be 57. And I, I can still hear Nina Mapes saying dimples and you're so cute. That really helped me a whole lot. It just, it changed my whole life. And even though when I got back home, I was being, like the crap was being beat out of me. Like literally, I was being beat all the time. Um, there was no CPS literally back then, not like that. But mm -hmm. I was being beat so much, but I would look to hear just that kind word with her beautiful smile and she was so pretty and she was calling me who felt so ugly cute and dimples so you're right you never know <laughs> what a smile or a kind word can do forget the presents forget the letters i was just walking to the bank just to hear her say and when i saw her come into our neighborhood I made it my business to get in her presence just just to hear it. <laughs> yeah. it, it was the best. <laughs> it That's was a... like the little dog at the door, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Dad's coming home and a little the little uh uh tail is wagging, like <laughs> you know, that was yeah. me. Yeah, that sure. little small gesture, just mm -hmm. that's all. And I would just tell parents, um, honestly. If this is something that you're doing or have done, I would say get some therapy. Stop. Literally, you can stop doing what you're doing today. Everything that you did that was negative that you cannot change, you can stop today. Apologize to your children and let them know that you're going to change to do better. I remember I used to scream because I had a lot of stuff inside of me as I was trying to change to, you know, make my life better for my children. Mm -hmm. I would always be screaming. Get it, get it. And, you know, I just didn't realize how much it was really affecting them. And it was like, mom, stop screaming at us. And they were teenagers, right? One day I said, I can go to work. Here's some good advice. I said, if I can go to work and deal with my boss at the mortgage company every day, Deal with the people calling in every day. And I'm not screaming at them. That means I have the ability to come home and not release my crap on my children. Mm -hmm. So I went with my church one day and they had a bonfire. And I wrote down on a piece of paper that I will no longer scream at my children when I come home. I'm going to respect them as I respect the people on my job. I went and I took that piece of paper and I threw it into the fire. And when I threw it into the fire, the symbolization and a manifestation of what I wanted came together and I stopped screaming at my kids. And I came home and I started respecting them. And in the interim of that, I said, I want to apologize. It's something that I was suffering with and I'm sorry. And I did. I said, I was sorry. And then guess what? We moved on. And then my daughter was telling me as now that they're older, they said, mom, you know, when other kids scream around the house or they're yelling or they're fighting, you know how kids are because I do foster mm -hmm. care. 
She said, that's she, guess what she said to me? She said, mom, that's a trigger for you. And I'm still learning. That's another <laughs> thing, parents. We're okay. still learning. I have not arrived. Just when I thought I've arrived and I'm the best parent, I'm doing a great job. She says, mom, those kids, when they're screaming like that or hollering, and she said, that's a trigger for you. And it, it brought me back to, oh, okay, let me work on that. <clears throat> so yeah. that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's that yeah, we're still learning. Yeah. And I mean, I, I look at it this. I'm a lifelong learner. So it's not like that never stops for me. And yeah. I don't even think as humans we were built that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. And bec why? Because we're constantly evolving and we're constantly yeah. figuring out new innovative ways to do many things. That could be right. that could be parenting. That could be how we interact at school or how we interact at church or how we interact right. anywhere that we go. And I honestly, I don't ever want to arrive. Cause that sounds yeah. like, that sounds like death. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, just when I thought I, just when I thought I've mastered it, yeah, there's right. a whole nother degree out there. You got to go get. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's a whole new dimension you never even thought of. Right. And yeah. that's, a, that really is a really good place to be for sure. So anyway, yeah. I, I know the philanthropy side of what you do is super important. And so I want to honor and make sure that our audience has the opportunity to reach out to you and donate. Um, I think that's super important to give that opportunity. Where would you want people to go to do that? To the bank with a check. No. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple ways. Okay. So one of the things that I do, I work with sharing the credit. Mm -hmm. That's one of the ways that they can go to sharing the credit with Will Black. I do have a QR code that they can click on to and they can donate that way. Or they can find me on my website, Michelle. ElizabethWilliams.com. They can go there and they can donate. Um, that website tells everything about me. It has a plethora of things of from who I am to what I do. Everything is there. Like yeah. Prego, almost like the spaghetti sauce is all in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that. <laughs> if you wouldn't have mentioned spaghetti sauce, the younger generation wouldn't have got that one. Right, right. Like, Grego, is that related to Lego? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's too funny. Well, well, hey, I love to end the show with um, a little bit of a thought and challenging, provoking question, right? And that is, if you could have invited anyone here today any point on the, the planet's timeline, dead or alive, doesn't matter. Who would have you loved to have here to either just listen in or have a conversation? And I why? I just want that? to put my whole face right in the camera and say, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey. Oh that's, my God. The new one. Nobody's ever said Oprah. Oh my God. Oprah Winfrey. I absolutely love and adore her. She's gone through a lot of the things that I've gone through. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, her and Maya Angelou kind of connect because it's like, if I could like 
break it here. If I had two people, uh, Maya Angelou would be one, but Oprah's here. But I absolutely love her. And I just watched her just achieve and achieve and achieve and give back and achieve and open up a girls' school, which I would love to open up a girls' um, mm -hmm. place. I would love to do that. Um, right now, we work with all boys, but I would just love to do it. Watching her is just amazing, you know, and there was plenty of times I sat in my living room when I didn't know which way to go, and the Oprah show would come on, and she would give me the push that I needed when I'd be laying there crying from the things that I was going through. So I would love, actually just love to meet her, hug her. Mm. She's an amazing woman. And I love her energy. I love everything about her. Just love her. It's another classic example of challenge accepted. <laughs> if you know her, let's let's get this challenge <laughs> going. Let's, yeah. let's get this party started, right? Oh man, that's hey. too funny. I love it. She's that is funny. She's amazing. I'd love to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, uh, amazing episode. And I always say we all have the same 168 hours in a week. Mm -hmm. Thanks for stopping by here for uh, a good, actually 30 minutes. Um, that's oh, usually you. longer than my sessions go. And, uh, but that lends to the person behind the camera and, you know, I loved it when it's a great conversation, I will let it run and let it run and let it run. Um, so, <laughs> so thank you for sharing your story and giving us a little, little peek into what's made you tick and what's made you successful from the heart. And that's what really matters. I just appreciate you. Thank you for having me and just thank you for taking out time to uh, even hear my story. I appreciate that. I don't yeah. take anything for granted at all. Nor do I. And I hope that those that do listen get a lot of lessons out of this. And um, yeah, it'll be amazing for sure. So I believe so. <laughs> awesome. Well, cheers. <laughs> thanks for listening to war room moments with your host jason miller please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet follow us on social media for updates and we'll see you on the next episode